It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome to Money for Lunch. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by. I am sitting here snacking away with a, uh, what do you call it, some broccoli and uh, red bell peppers uh, and a glass, oh, not a glass, but a bottle of water. Um, and uh, the reason I bring this up is because broccoli uh, specifically has a lot of uh, great components to it. Uh, a lot of people consider it a superfood. Uh, red bell peppers, it happens to taste good to me. Uh, and water. Well, a lot of times we go throughout our day and we feel as though we're lacking in energy. And the thing that we go to is caffeine. And sometimes caffeine's not the answer. A lot of times it's dehydration, lack of water, lack of proper nutrients. So just throwing that in there. And I do also want to mention uh I want to uh, mention or say congratulations to Rick F. Rick F. Uh, went over to dominatingyourmind.com, dominatingyourmind.com, picked up a copy of the book for free. Dominating Your Mind is my latest book, and you can go to dominatingyourmind.com. You pay, you pay for a little shipping, a little handling, and I give you the book for free, or you can go to amazon.com, and I think you pay 20 bucks for the book plus shipping and handling. So either way uh, – is okay with me, but if you want the book for free, dominatingyourmind.com. All right, let's get this party started with the quote of the day. The quote of the day. I need to recharge my creativity and get off the clock of having to be somewhere just because and having to keep juggling all these things. Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. I need to recharge creativity. Creativity. Create. Yeah, and get off the clock of having to be somewhere just because and having to keep juggling all these things. All right, let's get the party started. Today, I have not one, but two guests being joined by Lynn Everett and Addie Greco Sanchez. Um, they, uh, I, lo I love this intro. So Lynn Everett is a recovering MBA turned writer and LinkedIn top voice in management and culture. Addie Greco Sanchez is a founder and president of AGS Rehab, a disability management company providing services across Canada. Hey, eh? ladies, welcome to Money for Lunch. We're thrilled to be here, Bert, eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Thanks for that fine eh? introduction, Bert. And we are enjoying superfoods here. We have a, a blueberry. <laughs> oh, there you go. We're having another great salad. superfood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, we're all about health and wellness, as you know. So, yeah, superfoods are high on our priority list. <laughs> Absolutely. So, interestingly enough, you guys wrote the book, The 5-Minute Recharge, 31 Proven strategies to refresh, reset, and become the boss of your day. And I love that title, the five-minute recharge. Uh, you know, <clears throat> one of my favorite ways to recharge is uh, I have a pillow in my desk. Um, mm -hmm. 
and I will, you know, I will grab my pillow sometimes, and instead of taking lunch, I'll take a 20-minute nap because that to me is a much better recharge than, you know, caffeine or whatever else. Uh, a 20-minute power nap is a luscious recharge. Of course, it takes longer than five minutes, but it's, not, it's still not bad. It's perfect, Bert. That is the perfect recharge. <laughs> Sleep is absolutely critical to your well-being. So, bravo. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, why, why write this book? What was the inspiration behind you guys getting together and writing the book? Well, do, do, you, do you remember the Hair Club for Men? Yes, the, guy the Hair Club for Men, yes. Say, yeah, you say, I'm not just the president of the Hair Club for Men, I'm also a member. Yes. <laughs> well, we not only wrote this book, but we also desperately need it. Uh, Addie and I, um, we're soul sisters. We call ourselves the soul sisters of recharge. And we, we both have panic attacks. We both have experienced that. Not at the same time. We're not that <laughs> codependent. <laughs> but... Um, we we saw a need. We, we would love to help someone avoid going through what we went through. And so what we basically did was took the entire contents of the wellness section of the bookstore and distilled it into one book with 31 recharges, 31 strategies uh, to support you uh, in your well-being. The other reason for... Um, this is Addie, by the way, is that uh, we've noticed a growing need and um, real increase in mental health claims and disabilities. Um, AGS is a disability management company, and uh, we were just dumbfounded by the amount of claims that had a mental health component to it. And as a result, we thought, people need this book. People need to know how to improve their health how to get better, and how to be self-reliant in making good things happen to themselves. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad how you phrased that. Being self-reliant uh, about, what was that, about doing good things for yourself? Is that what it was? But yeah, making good things happen for self. And yeah. resilience is something that people don't like to talk about, and we think it's not happening very well. Um, you know, it's, we talk about building um, a mental muscle, and um, people just don't have the strategies um, to, to be resilient and to look at how they can improve their well-being enough that they can overcome things. You know, stress is here to stay, and what we don't always have are the tools to manage stress. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's I love the way you said that. Stress is here to stay. Stress is here to stay, my friend. Okay. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. Speaking of, of a new jingle, a new jingle. Yeah. Um, instead of happy days are here to stay, it's stress is here to stay. <laughs> but you know what? Stress. First of all, stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but no. Uh, well, you know, it, 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 I think sometimes stress is is like the escape. You know, the scapegoat to to everything. But you yeah. you you know, since you brought up the the mental health aspect, 
What do you guys see as the major issues related to wellness and mental health today? Um, one of the things, Bert, is that workplaces have a lot to do with mental health issues, and they don't understand that they are a growing concern in the workplace and that they need to be addressed. Um, people, again, don't understand that we have control over 40% of the factors that make us happy and that they can do something about that, uh, but they're not. Uh, there is, as Lynn was saying in the beginning, way too much information out there on wellness. And so we thought, you know, it's, it's difficult to know what, what's good, what's not good. How can we condense the information on that wellness and self-help shelf and put it into a book that is going to be basically provide best practices for wellness and mental health? Yeah. Um, and... Okay, so you you said interestingly enough, forty percent. I'd like to clarify this. So you're saying forty percent. Uh, what did you say? Forty percent. Uh, we have direct control over forty percent of our happiness. Is it? That seems like a low number. Mike, go ahead. Talk about that. So so you're asking us to talk about the forty percent factor. The the factor of uh, happiness that is within our control. Yeah. Yes, because I've always, I always thought it was higher than that, but you're saying 40% is, is the factors that we control or however, however you phrase that. Uh, kind of explain that 40%. What do you mean by that? So we, we have an ability to change things and, Rather than relying on external factors to bring happiness to us, happiness is within us. And we can make a difference in our choices and in the things that we want to help us improve our wellness. And, and people don't. People choose not to or they're too busy responding to the next email or uh, getting that next thrill or... Um, responding to that next work priority that they're not looking after their happiness and they're leaving it to somebody else to, you know, make me happy and they're not bringing it back to self. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the other thing that's interesting that you brought up is, is, you know, with all the distraction that we have going, I think a lot of us, don't take the time to just appreciate the everyday miracles that we all have, right? The everyday little bits of happiness and joy and, and stuff. We have become so wrapped up in different things that I think that we forget to be grateful for the things that are around us. What do you think? Gratitude is a huge component of happiness and Rather than relying on things like likes on Facebook and um, getting approval through social media, really we need to, to bring that back to us and to say, you know, what can I, what three little things can I be grateful for today? And sometimes I have to say, at the end of the day, I'll go to bed and I'll have a hard time. And I've had a, a really rough day. And... I can say, look, I'm, I'm getting into my bed. I have a beautiful, warm bed. 
I had great meals today. I was able to feed myself. And I know that at least four people in this world love me. And that maybe that's all that I have to be grateful for. But I have the ability to be grateful. And you need to look at all the little things. And, and that's the other thing about our book is that it is all about small wins and how they can lead to big changes. Yeah. And I think this idea of small wins really ultimately becomes the big wins because again we as a people seem to we get so lost on these little wins right we take them for granted that we don't mm -hmm. celebrate them and you know to to your uh what do you call it to to your thought there of hey i'm sleeping in a warm bed i, I can feed myself i can you know i have four people in the world who love me all this stuff those are really big. Those are little wins. I think they're, you know, they're they're sometimes big wins. Look, there are people who have lost the ability to feed themselves. There are people every day who uh, are living in terrible conditions and and they don't have a bed, right? I mean, you look at all these kids in Brazil and India who are living in the streets and they rummage through garbage and, uh, and you know, the, there's a lot of other places that have just all these kids that are running out there who are in terrible conditions, right? Uh, not to mention our own homeless people here in the U S but, uh, so this is what I'm talking about. It's these little things that we sometimes just forget to say thank you for. Yeah. So, you said that you know gratitude is is obviously one of the big things. What are what are the most important things listeners can do for their well being? What's on that list? Well, Bert, you've alluded to it already. To even to crawl under your bed and get twenty minutes of sleep. Uh, sleep surprisingly is the most important thing that you can do for your both your mental and your physical health. In fact, uh, Matt Walker, who's uh, an expert in this field, was just in, at TED in Vancouver. And basically, I can imagine him scaring the entire audience, who probably uh, were mostly jet lag, flying in from all over the world into Vancouver to listen to Matt talk about how sleep is not just a kind of nice to have. It is what he called a non-negotiable biological necessity. So... Uh, Addie and I, before we came on air, we were kind of comparing notes. I said, how many hours of sleep did you have last night, Addie? <laughs> and uh, people, 99% of people need eight hours. And uh, although you may think you can get by with six hours, it's like being drunk. You don't realize when you're sleep deprived. You don't realize that you're not operating at, optimal, at an optimal level. And uh, I must say, from my own personal experience, to going from the corporate world where I was not getting eight hours sleep to being self-employed where I was able to set my timetable to a greater extent, I noticed a huge difference. Uh, I knew what it felt like to be well-rested. And what a wonderful feeling. And if more people had that feeling, um, it would make a tremendous difference, not only to traffic fatalities, but also to just our mental health, our collective mental health. And as it turns out, 
uh, about a third of Americans, probably about the same number of Canadians, are sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. That's a huge number. Huge. So the most important thing you can do for your well-being is crawl under your desk, get, get that nap, get your eight hours. How many hours did you get last night, Bert? Well, uh, let's see. Last night, I actually stayed up a little bit later than normal. Uh, I stayed up till like, I want to say I stayed up till like 10 o'clock. And I typically wake up around 4.30. So what is that? Six That's hours? Six and a half hours. Six and yeah. a half hours. Let's say six hours because I didn't fall asleep at 10. Uh, but I typically, uh, because I'm a big believer in sleep, uh, and of course this, this comes out of uh, uh, experience, uh, but bottom line is uh, the, uh, I typically try to start shutting down around 8 p.m., and I try to be asleep around 9.30. So I will, I am going to bed around 9, so I'm asleep by 9.30, typically getting up around 4.30 uh, and, and then hitting the gym. Uh, that's a typical day for me. Now, again, if I feel as though I need a, a nap, I will take a nap. I, I will try to take a nap. Uh, and and I've also one of the things I also started doing uh, because I travel quite a bit, like you know, uh, for speaking engagements and so on, is I try to get there the day. Of, I'm sorry, the day before, uh, depending mm -hmm. on when I'm going to speak, so I'm well rested, right? So if I'm speaking early in the morning, uh, or not even necessarily early in the morning, but if I'm speaking before noon, uh, I will get there the day before. So I, I can I can completely relax and and get a good night's sleep. Uh, unless I'm flying to like Las Vegas or California, then it's not that big of a deal. But if if I'm flying yeah. towards the east, then I, I'll I'll stay there an extra day, uh, get there an extra day early, just so I can get uh, that good sleep because it's so vitally important. And what's interesting to me, and I want your input on this, is that it seems as though we, as a society, it's almost a badge of honor. Oh, I'm only getting like five hours of sleep a day, and I'm, you know, and 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 you hear yeah. all this, you hear it all the time. It's like, uh, dude, you know, yeah, or dudette, get some more sleep. It's it's not, you know, I hope lack I of hope sleep hurts our hormones. It hurt, it hurts everything. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. It's news you lose. Yeah. <laughs> that that mentality, I I hope I I believe I think it's changing just because of the the weight of the evidence mm -hmm. and people realizing uh, mm -hmm. I was um, there's some kind of ring or something you can wear that will t give you a sense for the quality of your sleep mm -hmm. and more and more of these CEOs in Silicon Valley and this is kind of the, these are the trendsetters uh, they are actually measuring their sleep quality uh, they're making it a high priority. And um, I, be I believe the more you see people like that setting the tone, uh, it will change. That type of thinking will become very passe. And uh, you raised some really great points about what you need to do. I mean, people may be saying, I don't, I, I, I'm not able to get eight hours sleep just because of my schedule or whatever. But if you are able to be consistent in your sleep, as you say, you go to bed generally at 9.30, you get up at 4.30, your body starts to trust you and expect that. And uh, so the routine, I don't know if you have a wind-down routine, if you have favorite jammies you put on, Bert, before you go to bed, 
but but this type of thing, like around an hour before uh, bedtime, to turn off the technology, to get a ritual going so that you're priming yourself for sleep. Uh, this is how you make it happen. Arianna Huffington talks about her routine, <clears throat> and for her it includes taking a bath, you know, having a scented candle, She's the drawing. The ritual. <laughs> she yeah, she really is. She's really big, as you know, with her book and Thrive, and um, you know the the way she talks about the importance of sleep, which really, from her experience, drew her to this. Um, you know, drawing down the the drapes, making sure it's pitch black, um, as Lynn says, avoiding the blue light in you know, at least an hour before bedtime. All of those are great factors, and it sounds like good for you, Bert. You're you're practicing a lot of that ritual. Um, because it really helps with the quality of your sleep as well as the amount of hours that you're sleeping. So absolutely, absolutely. It, wearing this badge of uh, honor, it, it just doesn't work anymore. Those CEOs that say, yeah, I, I can function on four hours of sleep have no idea what they're doing to their bodies. And absolutely. And what's interesting they're is not- I've never met somebody who's getting adequate sleep and looks good. <laughs> and what I mean yeah. by that is, you know, they're, they t- they're typically overweight, uh, right. and, and which is one of the side effects of, of, of poor sleep. Uh, right. You know, they're, the, they're not the sleeping. And so on. Yeah. yeah, There is absolutely. such a thing as beauty sleep. They've actually they've had people look at people who've been sleep deprived, and they, they're just not as attractive as <laughs> people who are well-rested. That's right. So. All right, so sleep is like the number one thing. What would you say the number what would you say the second most important thing is? I would say beyond sleep, relationships and connecting with people is highly important. Uh, we know we talked about loneliness and um, in the book we actually talk about feeding your five and that's about basically um, naming your five closest friends and thinking about uh, one small way that you can feed each of those relationships. It doesn't have to be five, just because you know you don't have five that you can name. Uh, it doesn't mean that um, you're not connecting well with people. It's also about the quality of those relationships, just like sleep. And that actually it's been determined that uh, good, strong relationships keep us happier and healthier as well. Um, you might be aware one in five Americans is lonely. And Britain, I, I can't believe it. They've appointed a minister for loneliness. Like, that speaks volumes to me. <laughs> and, and, again, why we need so desperately to connect with people. And I'm not just talking emailing someone or texting once in a while. Again, it's that quality. It's having that face-to-face connection. You know, we're in this techno-stressed world. You know, we're all doing things online. We buy things online. We don't go into stores like we used to. I don't even know who my branch, my bank manager is. I, you know, I, everything is done online. So we're missing that face-to-face connection that is so important for our socialization. And I worry for the newer generation where there's great talk about their inability to be able to communicate well and and adequately and whether they're representing themselves in jobs or in the workplace and responding appropriately, you need those relationships to build those communication skills. Like I was saying to you yesterday, an LOL on a text is just not the same as laughing (laughs) together. It's just a totally different experience. Absolutely. And And, and so 
I, I do want to throw this in there. Uh, if, you know, I think a lot of people tend to be lonely, and this is my opinion. I've not done any research, so I could be completely well, wrong. Let me back you up first. The research, right, well, so, just, sorry if I can just interrupt. Go ahead. The Gallup did, has done a, uh, studies, and, and they ask how many close confidants you have, and the most common answer is zero. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, but what, so what I was going to say. Is true. Here's what I was going to say about loneliness. To, to me, the fastest cure for loneliness is service. And what happens is people sit around saying, I'm so lonely. I wish somebody would come and visit with me or talk with me. Well, get off your butt and go and service other people, and you will automatically find hundreds of people who need help, who want to be spoken with, who want to hang out with you. And, and I can't remember where I read this. It might have been How to Win Friends and Influence uh, People, but uh, it, it's like a little poem, uh, I don't know, a vignette or whatever. And so it goes something like this. I went looking for a friend um, and found none. I mm. went out to be a friend and found many. Mm. And so I and think you're that right. sometimes – we get so we, – we don't mean to be, but we, we become so selfish or so self-centered. But if we get off our butts and go serve people, go serve your community, uh, you know, w when you start thinking about your close confidence or the neighbor that you know, there's been an exchange of help. There's been some service back and forth, and I think service is overlooked. It, to me, it's one of the easiest – it's, it's a great way to feel good. It's a great way to get out of your head. It's a great way to meet people. And there's tons of organizations out there that, you know, would love to have you come and help. That's just, again, yeah, my opinion. Have you done any research? Yeah. That sense of community is really important for, for building that uh, resilience as well. And volunteering and service, it also speaks to to gratitude as well and it, it's a great way to say thank you i've been so blessed in this world that um i have so many great things so i need to give back and there's science behind that to show that the importance of that and and how good it is for you i must say addy and i met um when we were both volunteering interesting for our local organization yeah there you go. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know what? We're out of time, but I want to I want to plug the book one more time. It's called The Five Minute Recharge. The Five Minute Recharge: Thirty One Proven Strategies to Refresh, Reset, and Become the Boss of Your Day. I love that. The Five Minute Recharge. Uh, Lynn and Addie, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing today. Our thank pleasure. you, Bert. Nice talking with you. Take care. Absolutely. Good stuff there from Lynn Everett and Addie Greco Sanchez about recharging your day. I love this title, The Five-Minute Recharge, 31 Proven Strategies to Refresh, Reset, and Become the Boss of Your Day. The boss of your day. Uh, and you know what? As you can tell, they're not very hard. Get more sleep. Drink more water. Eat better foods. And, you know, a relationship. That's why uh, so many of us have pets, right? They, they're, they're pretty good companions. Uh, my friends, let's share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many people as we can to have a five-minute recharge, to, to look at these 31 proven strategies to refresh, reset, and become the boss of their day. 
As always, my friends, thank you so much. Remember, you were created to compete. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.